Greetings, welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in Masachet Yomadav, Pei Dalet Amud Bet, uh, about a third of the way, a little less than of the, uh, down the, down the Amud. Um, picking up with our analysis of the Mishnah, Nesha Safek Nefashotu. And then the Mishnah goes on to say, Safek Nefashotu Shabbat, explaining why we do all of these different things on Shabbat, to violate Shabbat, to save a life, or even the possibility of someone ha- being in danger. Why add that second line? What it means to say is that even if it's safek of a different Shabbat, meaning a person is not in imminent life danger today on Shabbat, so hey what's the case? The doctor said he has uh, eight days to live. The first day of those eight is Shabbat. So maybe we should wait till tonight to give him some treatment, because in any case, he's going to be alive till then. So not to violate two Shabbatot. So Kamash Moran, that we violate today also. We heat water up for a sick person on Shabbat. Obviously, whether it's to give him to drink or to wash him. Even for a different Shabbat, like we said. We don't say, let's wait, maybe he'll get better. We heat it up right away. Even a safek of nefashot is doches Shabbat. Right. We don't tell a non-Jew to do it or a kuti to do it. The greatest scholars are the ones and the greatest pious people are the ones who should get involved in this. But we also don't rely on people who are, shall we say, amateurs. But if the doctors say that something needs to be done and one of these amateurs, shall we say, uh, pipes up, then we will take their uh, their um, uh, advice into account, but of course we will not act based on their advice alone. Okay, Tanabaram, Fachin Pikoch Nefesh Shabbat, Vahazariz Harezim Shabbat, Vain Sarklito Rashut Mi Beit Din. That's the opening line, topic sentence of this Brighta, and this this piece is going to work as follows. The opening line, and then the Brighta continues with giving us four examples, and then we're going to go through and see why each one of these examples is an explication of both parts of the topic sentence. So the opening line is that we do anything necessary to save a life on Shabbat, and the one who is zealous about it, that is more praiseworthy, the one who acts quickly, and we do not need to get permission from the Beit Din. Now, HaKetzad, example one, we saw a baby fall into the water. We put out a trap and catch the baby in the trap. What does that mean? Even though you may be catching fish, not, not to worry. Next case, saw a baby fall into a cistern. You dig out some uh, some of the uh, dirt from there and uh, and bring him up. What does that mean? The way this is presented is we have the bright and it's interrupted with our commentary. Even though you're creating steps. You saw a baby got locked into a room. We break it down and take him out. Even though you're intending to break the door down in such a way that you actually have boards to use afterwards. 
Good. And the last one is Machabinu Mafsikim Nehadlaika. You can put out a fire or put some, a fire break. Again, you don't need permission. Even though you're evening out the coals and maybe preparing them for cooking. Now, why do we need all four cases? If we have the first case of the baby falling in the water, because if we don't do anything, the baby is going to float away. But in a boy, the baby's sitting there. Maybe we should just wait till after Shabbat and get him out. We need that, we need that instruction. Viashmin and bore, if we are all told about a bore, mishum the kamivit, the baby's scared in there. Avalnin alad delad, if a baby is locked in a room, you could maybe sit on the other side and play with him and talk to him, and maybe, uh, you know, play with some toys and then attract him with the noise. So tzricha, therefore, that you do break it down. Why do we need the last case? Because it should be obviously put out a fire in a case like that. Even if it's happening in another chatzer, uh, we still put out the fire here. Important statement of Shmuel. We have to analyze it. We do not follow rov when it comes to pikuach nefesh. So hechidami, what's the case? Now, I have to remember a principle here that when we are in the strict letter of the law, machalel shabbat only to save the life of Israel. Now, if you, if it's a case where there's nine Jews and one non-Jew, and one of them is in danger, we don't know who it is, so, Yisrael, you know, obviously we're going to save whoever it is, because the majority are Yisrael. It's five and five. We already know that we are, we err on the side of life-saving. What if there's nine non-Jews and one Jew? So anami pshita, why do they kavua? Because after all, they're in one place, and therefore they have a din of kavua. And every kavua is kmech tzamechsa. It's if each person could be a Jew, could be a non-Jew, and therefore it's fifty-fifty. Chokem kmech tzamechsa dami. So tzuricha the parus lachatzer acheret. If they moved as a group to another chatzer, they're no longer kavua. Ma'u detema kol the parish from a parish, and therefore we follow rov. So kamash malan delo achu pikoch nevesh acharov. So in that case, Shmuel says. We do not follow Rov, and therefore we save even though there's only one Jew in the group. Aini, is that true? You have that same number. If they're still in the same Chatzar, you do run in to save a life. But if they're in a different Chatzar, we don't. If the whole group moved over, then you, you say, well, there is, we know there's certainly one Jew in the group, we get involved. However, if only some of them left, then we don't have really any knowledge that there's any Jew in that other chatzer, in which case we are not Machalal Shabbat. Since did Shmuel say that rule? But not, we have the Mishnah. If you found a baby, a foundling, if the majority of the people around are non-Jews, then the status of this baby is a non-Jew. The majority of Jews, he's a Jew. Half and half, so he's a Jew. Let's see what this means. This halacha is only for whether or not we have to sustain him and take care of him. Avali achso, to actually give him yichas as a proper Jew. Lo, for that we need proper testimony. Shmuel disagreed and said that the issue here is whether we're going to save his life. Meaning later on in his life, he will have this questionable identity. Are we going to save his life if he is, uh, if he is in a state of uh, danger on Shabbat? 
So Kitmar to Shmuel or Mar. Shmuel's comment is really a comment on the Reisha, meaning Imrov Goyim Goy, if a majority are non Jews, I'm a Shmuel, So here's how we fix it so that Shmuel's earlier statement, the one that we quoted about Einochim Pikoch Nefesh Acharov, now fits here. That the Mishnah says that we identify the baby based on a rove, and Shmuel says yes, but when it comes to pikuach nefesh, we don't because in rov nochrim nochrim because um, even if a majority of the people in town are non-Jewish, we'll still save this kid's life because he may be Jewish. In rov nochrim nochrim the ma'ilchata. What is the purpose of saying? That he's considered a nochri, if we're going to, in any case, going to save his life. We may feed him velot. We could feed him non-kosher food. If he's judged to be Israel, then that means we also return his aveda. That's only done for a Jew. If he's half and half considered Israel, it must be different, because otherwise we'd say half and half Israel and kalachomer if it's majority Jews. So what's the purpose of a shlokish? When it comes to damages, how does that work? If one of our animals damages one of his animals, he grows up, of course, and he has animals, let him prove that he's a Yisrael that he could collect. So actually it's a case where his shore attacks ours. Half he has to pay. It's a short time. But remember, a non-Jew has to pay Nezek Shalem. So she said he will say to the to the damaged party, prove that I'm not a Yisrael and you can collect your full payment. You can't prove that, so you only get half payment. Okay, Mishnah The Mishnah says that at the end that if a person is in a cave in, we uh, go and save him, even if we're not sure if he's alive or dead or if he was there at all, etc. Now my Kamar, how do we piece together the Mishnah? It's going in a sequence. Certainly in a case where he might be there, might not be there, because if he's there, he was alive. We certainly dig it out. Even if we know he's there, but he might not be alive. Certainly, uh, if he is uh, possibly alive, but he's certainly a Yisrael, even if he might be a Jew, might not be a Jew. We don't know who he is. Um, so if we find him alive, we continue digging. Well, that should be obvious. That means even if he's only got a small time to live, meaning he was almost killed by this and he, he'll live a little bit of time, we still dig him out. If he made any chuhu, if he's dead, you leave him there. Hanami pshita, that should be so obvious. We don't continue Mechal Shabbat just for a dead body. So, we do have such an opinion. Here we report that actually you do violate Shabbat to save a corpse from a fire. But his, the reason that even he would agree here that you do not continue digging to pull the corpse out is because the only reason that we allow you to put the fire out is because since a person is so upset and so concerned about their dead relative, if we don't allow him, he's going to put the fire out and violate a doraita. So we allow him to violate the rabbanon of carrying in a mavuish or whatever. Here, if you don't allow him to dig, what's he going to do? There's nothing more to do. Tan Rabbanan, Adechan Hu Bodek. So how far do you check to see if the person is alive? 
Ad chutmo, to the nose. There's breath coming out of the nose. Veshomim al dibo, to the heart, if you feel a heartbeat. And this sugya plays a critical role in some of the identification of time of death. Uh, that's in current uh, discussion. Let's say you checked and you found a pile of bodies. This is something, of course, it's very hard to imagine, but living in the shadow of the Shoah, it's unfortunately easy for us to picture. A pile of bodies and all the top pile are all dead. Don't think that everybody underneath is dead. You continue digging. They actually found a lower level of bodies that were still alive. So So perhaps this machlokan about checking to the nose or checking to the heart is this following machlokan. Where is a baby formed from? From the the uh, womb of my mother. You are gozi. Cut off your hair. So gozi means something on the head. From the navel, and it grows out in all directions. Even Abishol would agree that the head is the sign of life. Abishol only said what he did about creation. He holds that everything's created from its middle point. When it comes to saving a life, that the main life is recognized in the breath. Tichtiv, literally in the nostrils. Tichtiv, kol atchenishmat ruach chayim biapav. Who was wiped out in the mabul? Everything that had breath of life in its nostrils. Rapapa machloket mimata lamala. So Papa says the machloket about checking to the heart or to the nose is only if you're checking from the feet up, and you find some feet and dig up. Amala mata if you're checking from the head down. Kevin debarakli alchotmo. Once you check the nose. And there's no breath. Shuvei not sarich. Tichtiv kol atchenishmat ruach chayim biapav. He says that once there's no breath, that's it. So these great Chachamim were walking. We're not exactly sure what that is. If it was a Masadeh Mishnayot. And the son of Rav Lozman Azariah was They were walking in back of him. This is appropriate. Somebody asked the question. What's the source for this rule that we all know that you violate Shabbat to save a life? Now, now Rabbi Shmuel Viamar, Rabbi Shmuel is the elder of this group, and he said, he spoke first and said, Im We have the rule of the machteret, that if someone's breaking into your house, you have the rights to kill him uh, if he's in the machteret. Here's a guy who may be coming just to steal, and may be coming to actually hurt you or kill you. And murder is something that will uh, defile the land. Cause the Shechina to leave. You, you may still stop him by killing him. Certainly, you can violate Shabbat, which is seen here as, as a less of a violation than murder, than murdering this guy, in order to save a life. Now, now Rabbi Kiva Omar, Rabbi Kiva gave a different source. If a man intentionally kills another man, you take him over from my Mizbech. The simple read of the Pasuk is, of course, that the person pled sanctuary, like Yoav or Doniyahu. But the drasha is, even if it's a Kohen who's doing Avodat Mizbech, you take him away. Meaning, only if he's at the Mizbech, but not on the Mizbech. That's only if it's a question of killing this fellow, or or testifying to guilt of Allah Hayot. If this fellow can testify that the uh, the defendant is innocent, 
You even take him off of the Mizbech in the middle of the Avodah. And now Rabbi Kiva builds this construct. Here's a guy, we don't even know if his testimony is any good. And we know that we violate, that we violate Shabbat with the Avodah, Avodah trumps Shabbat. Just do the math. Pikoach Nefesh is more significant and trumps Shabbat. Now, now Rabbi he had a different source. It's only one limb. We violate Shabbat to save that limb, as it were, to do Brit Milah. Certainly, we save a whole life. And he wasn't there, but they bring in his opinion. Uh, so the story was repeated, and now other Tanaim are adding on their sources. I might think you keep Shabbat in all circumstances. Means some cases. Another opinion. Shabbat is holy to you. Shabbat is given to you. You are not imprisoned by it. Meaning, very popular one of the sources. Violate one Shabbat for this person, so this person can keep many Shabbatot. And it's Shmirat Shabbatot is a significant thing. We'll violate one, they'll make sure he can keep many of them. I mean, you know, Shmuel, that of course would not apply, theoretically, in a case where somebody was, uh, only had a few days to live. Uh, but of course, it's not Lahalacha. So Shmuel, hearing all this panoply of sources, said, "How I were there, I would have said, I've got a better source than all of you. The Torah is given to live by it. Not to die by the Torah. Rava then comes and says, every one of the sources could have been challenged except for Shmuel's. To Rabbi Shmuel, because Rabbi Shmuel, who gave the source from the Machteret, is a Dilmikid Rava. Maybe you understand the Machteret a little differently. Like Rava said, the Rava might tell me the Machteret, why does the Torah say that you can kill somebody in the Machteret? We know that a person, um, will, uh, will not stand up to save his life, to save his, to, to risk his life to save his money. So this guy breaking in, behind me, the Yod the Kailape, and this fellow breaking in knows he's going to face you. So if this guy stands up to me, I'll kill him. And the Torah said, when somebody wants to kill you, you've got to kill him first. So therefore, Machter, it's a special case. And that's only in a case where the guy is certainly going to kill you. But here, he may die, may not die. Safek Nefashot is not Toche Shabbat. Maybe, maybe read like Abayah. We give him two uh, students. Before we take him away from the Mizbeach, we check him out to see if he really does know testimony, which means So now, we only take somebody away from the Mizbeach if they are certainly going to save a life, as in the defendant. But not maybe. In every one of the other cases, Brit Milah, and Kodesh Yilachem, etc., that only tells you that in the case of Vadai, we violate Shabbat, but not Safek. But Shmuel state, Vachai Bahem, you have to live by the Torah and not die by the Torah, is unassailable. Amr Avinu, Itemi, Rav Nachum, by Yitzchak, and in the other version of Megillah, it says, Hadad Amr Inchi, that the famous aphorism, Tava Charap Yilpata Charifta Malatzan Adakari. Better to have one sharp pepper than a whole basket of, of uh, dull gourds. So, uh, the one sharp, 
response is worth it all, and that is how they relate to Shmuel's source. Okay, we'll pause at this point, pick it up with uh, the next Mishnah, which is a series of Mishnayot, which takes us to the end of the Masachet. Um, it is um, Mishnah Chet and Mishnah Tet, which will take us to the end of Masachet Yom. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.